It's Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle All on My Own yet again. I decided to give the guys another day off. Uh, shout out to Ian. Shout out to Tom. Tom never gets a day off with this podcast. He actually works harder on it than me uh, sometimes. Shout out to Justin out there closing in on the, for the blackfish season here on Long Island fishing. Uh, the rest of my team, Sam Sherrick out there, still official co-host. We're waiting to reel him back in one day, man. The guy's in a lot of, you know how drummers got to do. They got to be in every band. Um, we're going to be speaking about drummers later. And also we, we got, I got a, uh, uh, info packed show tonight. I got a special guest later. I'll get to that. Um, came with notes, came prepared. Um, I got two special recommendations. I just picked them right out of my own personal CD collection behind me, which is literally, um, slowly, you ever see the scene in Ghostbusters, the opening sequence of Ghostbusters where, uh, the books, are are coming off of the the bookshelf um in a in a in an allegedly supernatural fashion. My CDs are now doing that, but it's totally explainable. The guys, I, we're doing crazy renovation here on Smith Manor. They're banging on the walls, ripping out the shingles, redoing plumbing. It's wild here. Um, rest in peace to the old man. I we're about to upload a Patreon episode. I interviewed the old man before he passed away. Rest in peace to my dad. Uh, we're go finally going to unlock that for the listeners, um, and in in his absence now, we're we're uh, we're doing a lot of things that that he would have wanted done to Smith Manor here. Um, after a lot of this is resolved, I think we're going to be a little bit more back on the regular routine we were used to. But my CDs are coming away from the wall. I opened up the CD closet today to procure my two recommendations that I'll get to later this evening. Um, and they were all like an inch or two away from the wall from all the bangers. So I'm, I got to check this now or the whole thing is going to come crashing down. It's alphabetized. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine shelves of CDs. I had somewhere about three, 300, 350. I counted. I think, I don't even know. It's nutty. I go, I comb the collection and shout to record reserve. Shout to my boy, Timmy up at the record reserve record store in Huntington on Jericho Turnpike. Uh, he, he, he gladly takes some of my used CDs. He's got records up there, too. Um, but, yeah, we got a good episode today, man. I'm just trying to get through all this. We got we to gotta reorganize the garage out there. I got the old man's tools. I got long gaffs and fishing equipment. We got to get to and all that sort of thing, man. Um, but we got shows coming up, too. Special announcement. We got uh, November the 4th, Saturday. Hopefully a flyer will be out within the time you hear this. But November the 4th on Saturday at Amityville Music Hall. Get there early. It's a 6 to 10 show with a 10 p.m. curfew from Amityville Music Hall. So you got to get there early. Uh, Burrito Bowl, first show. Proud. Uh, Jordan. Uh, we just recently interviewed Jordan uh, Fontana of um, Mortal Suffering. You can go back and check that out. That's a band that he's featured in. We also have um, Anal Birth. Gore Noise legend Adam Rotella will be making a live appearance on Long Island. The Long Island show got canceled in August. Andalbirth's going to be there uh, in November now, 11-4. And that's just, um, that's just the beginning of the, of the craziness. Animals killing people. I'm bringing them to Suffolk County. I don't want to hear shit. Animals killing people from Brooklyn. We're bringing them out. Uh, special treat for all of our vegan, vegetarian, and animal rights enthusiast death metal fans. But for everyone to... Um, uh, Riparian by way of Pittsburgh. We're bringing Riparian out from Pittsburgh. Uh, I already sent the Heavy Hole podcast jet out. They're going to take the jet over. It, it runs on oil from the restaurants, so don't worry. We went green with the jet. It's all good. We got the technology. Shout out to Tom. Um, 
Uh, Riparian from Pittsburgh coming through. And Reeking Aura. Reeking Aura. The boys are back in town. We're going to do a special for the holiday. Uh, Halloween. We're going to do a Halloween hangover show. So that's at 11-4 at Amityville Music Hall at 6 p.m. Get there early. The bands are starting early. The show will be concluding in time for you to go home and take your old man nap um, and mow the lawn Sunday morning. That's what I'll be doing with my time. Uh, enough about that. We got a bunch more shows that we're going to talk about, too, including Spooky Fest. Uh, Spooky Fest, New Jersey, which is taking place at the Meat Locker um, and QXTs over October 27th, 28th, and 29th. Reeking Ore will be performing the 27th at the Meat Locker. Looking forward to that one, too. I'll get into that a little bit later, because right now I want to bring on our information Packed guest Sean Walsh. You may remember when Sean Walsh was here with his band, uh, bandmates from Skull Shitter. We did a full Skull Shitter episode. Now Sean is back to promote um, an upcoming release by a band uh, that he he was in, Former Human. He was formerly in Former Human. This is a band with some um, other legendary New York musicians. We're going to get into that and unfold all that for you. And speaking of legendary musicians, our own official Heavy Hole podcast horror movie correspondent Nick Didkowski, uh is also going to be on an upcoming album Sean Walsh has composed with him, as well as a percussionist named Mike Nichols who did an album with Sean. There's a lot to unpack here. I'm going to bring on Sean Walsh's skull shit ring now. from Heavy Hole Podcast, and I'm here welcoming back Sean Walsh to the podcast. Uh, listeners may remember Sean as the guitarist, um, still is the guitarist, but as the guitarist of Skull Shitter when we had all three members of Skull Shitter on several months ago, and he's back today to talk about some other music he's working on in addition to Skull Shitter uh, and Skull Shitter News. Sean, welcome back. Thank you so much, Will. Always good to see you. Happy to be here. Yeah, man. Um, I was Yeah, I was glad that you reached out to me. Uh, any former guests or people who've never been on the show, feel free to send us some links. Let us know what you got going on. Heavyholepodcast at gmail.com, man. Don't be a stranger. With that being said, Sean, you did inform me of some other music that you've been working on for the last several years and recently. Um, uh, that and I know some of it's about to come out probably. We're going to release this on Friday, so it'll be out maybe about a week after that, I guess, right? Yeah, I've got uh, I've got a record coming out with Nick Didkowski, who uh, has been a recent guest here. And I think we're going to release that on Friday, October 6th. So maybe that lines up with you. Uh, and then I've got a, a record with a band called Former Human, a death metal record coming out uh, on Friday, October or Friday the 13th. Uh, you know, speaking of all, all the October spookiness that's going on. <laughs> um so that that uh will be out on that day and i think we're gonna deep dive on both those records so happy to get into it beautiful man yeah we've had nick on the show for our uh, road to halloween episodes lately we're gonna try to squeeze one more in before halloween uh so this was perfect timing that you're working with nick we're gonna get into that um but something i'm very excited about you sent me this uh a link to the first former human recording uh graveyard orbit from 2019 
And you allowed me to preview the upcoming uh, uh, Volume 2, is the name of the recording, by former human. I want to hype this for the listeners. You got Pete Gallagher of Ramming Speed on vocals. Um, Remind me of Joel's last name. Stallings. Thank you. Joel Stallings. Joel Stallings. Uh, on drums of Radiation Blackbody, a great and underrated New York City band. Um, uh, and you did have Joe Marola at one point in the band as well. A lot of people from a lot of different bands people might know coming together there. Um, and you let me preview this and listen to the, the the last recording. I really liked it, man. Really good, brutal death metal. Felt like there was a little bit of a grindcore, <clears throat> maybe a little bit of a, a old school grindcore inflection somehow. Uh, I don't I, I don't want to mince words too much. I'm gonna uh, <clears throat> pass it over to you and ask you a little bit about the history and the background of this band and how you came to work with those guys and all that. Yeah, absolutely. It was a uh, unfortunately, it was a band that is is no longer really that was kind of killed by the pandemic. Um, but the band was myself, Joel Stallings, Joe Marola, um, Pete, and Pete Gallagher. Um, and it was a band that um, actually kind of started. I can't remember what show might have been. It might have been one of the uh, one of the early dead or not early, like the mid period um dead congregation shows at saint vitus um it, but i was there with my partner whose name is liz and we were talking with joel and for whatever reason liz just sort of like blurted out she's like why aren't you guys doing a band together and me and joel just looked at each other like i yeah no no reason not to so we got together and started putting putting riffs together um i approached joe uh to join the band because i just thought he was a, a guy that was kind of into what we were doing and would be into doing the band uh joe ended up um getting a connect getting introduced to pete uh and brought pete into the band and it just came together like that and it was um a really fun band to be in we played we unfortunately we only played like maybe five shows or something like that we we played some shows when we put out that first record graveyard orbit um and then uh what happened to the band was pete moved to virginia um and when he did that he this was like i think in 2019 and he was like yo i'm still down to do the band obviously i can't come to band practice but i can would be down to do shows and do tours uh his family he grew up in long island his family's in long island he's like i'll be back in new york all the time don't worry about it so in 2019 that seems like a like no big deal but in 2020 uh obviously things change so the pandemic happens uh, we ascent, you know, essentially we stop having band practice for like months upon months upon months. Uh, it becomes less realistic that Pete's going to get up here to, to really do anything, but he tells us that he's still down to do vocals. And so, you know, we're, we're kind of like digging through that pandemic fog of trying to figure out what we're doing. And we've got it like probably about a half a new record at that point. And we just keep slugging through it. We, we were getting together. We're uh, we're practicing, we're writing new material. And it's just one of those things, Will, I'm sure you've been in a million bands and you can relate to this where like we got the record done just in time to realize that we were basically breaking up as a band. And uh, and luckily uh, we were able to to get it tracked and, and get it recorded. Um, and honestly, we, I think we finished recording it, uh, sometime last year. It's just been kind of a, a slow, arduous process. Actually, Pete recorded the vocals, um, earlier this year, but, uh, the guitar, bass and drums, I think were done in 2021. 
And um, Joel and I took uh, a lot of time off. We, we probably spent about a year not even uh, playing music together. We've just recently kind of started to pick that back up again. But um, that was that was kind of the jix of it. Like, I, I'm really proud of this record. I think it's a huge evolution from the first record to the second record. I'm so proud of it. I think it's a really strong record. And I really thank you for having me on to, to be able to promote it. I just hope people get a chance to to listen to it. I'm, I'm really glad we were able to to finish recording it. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I, I hear what you're saying. There is some there is definitely some some grindcore influence on the record. I think more in the first record. I think the second record is a bit more of a cohesive uh death metal record and i'm just so pumped on it i love it man and and thank you for the kind words about it Uh, of course i was excited about it man and it's one of those things where when i listen to it um it's very brutal it's very in your face it's not it's not what people would call tech death you guys aren't showing off flashy uh sam ash you know tutorial guitars this is like the brutal end of death metal metal of death end of death metal and it's um uh respectfully you know we know pete gallagher more for ramming speed i i was introduced to pete gallagher many years ago man nice guy um yeah. haven't, haven't seen him in a while joel radiation black body is its own entity i gotta get um those guys on, on the podcast man uh really i i've always been like kind of in awe of radiation black body because i feel like they exist within this space of um um, more abstract New York City style grind and extreme music, but they, you know, it's it's a stripped down version of it. I, I could go on, but when I hear you guys all come together, knowing what other bands you're from, this kind yeah. of quote unquote super group thing that goes on, and you hear the end product, I love it, and it doesn't disappoint. So I just want to emphasize that for the listeners. Um, uh, you know, you might already know some of the guys in this band, uh, and it's it's definitely worth a shot, and it's it's fucking brutal. Um. It's coming. This is the one that you said is coming out the thirteenth. Yeah, it's coming out October thirteenth, and it'll be on all the streaming platforms, on Bandcamp, uh, and all of that. I I will have plenty more to say about Radiation Blackbody towards the end of this episode, so we can definitely like deep dive on them. But it's just been it's really been uh, great to work with Joel. He's um, he's obviously an incredible drummer. And it's not super. It's not super techy in the in the sense of what you would call technical death metal um, or even progressive death metal. But it is. Um, I think it's pretty uh, challenging. Like there are there are big mosh riffs on there um, that I'm, that I'm like really proud of that I think are like just great riffs. But there's also like some weird mathy shit going on there. There's like there's stuff that's fucking hard to play on this record. And that's kind of one of the things that unfortunately sort of like uh, led to the demise of the band is like Joel and I are like, you know, we we were working on the record. We tracked the record and and then we kind of stopped playing. We stopped band practicing for like a year. And I, I approached Joel to be like, hey, man, I'm so pumped that we're putting this record out. What do you think? Like, maybe we could do some shows. And he was like, dude, I'm like, I'm just kind of over it. Like the amount of work it would take for me to like relearn these songs and get show ready. I'd rather just like focus on something new. Um, so I, I understand that. And like, believe me, I, I, I get it, too. It was like maybe just a little bit of a pipe dream of trying to keep the band alive when I knew it was was dead. Um, but, but I'm so proud of the record and I, I really appreciate your words. It is, it is a brutal record and I'm so hyped on it. Uh, 
Yeah, and and just what you said before, I was thinking back is when you said that about uh, putting on a record and then the band breaking up. I I was actually in two bands where we broke up without recording the full length album that we had completely written <laughs> and rehearsed, and, and like we probably my first band, Cursed Earth. Uh, and Biolich, we both bands had a full length album just ready to ready to go in the oven, and we and the band broke up before we could record it's, it. And it's so disappointing. It's it happened to yeah. me in a band before too, and yeah. it's like you, you're so pumped on the record. And and for me, it was um, uh, both times. This band, obviously, we recorded the record, but before too, it was the uh, the second record. And I really feel like this record is just such a like a jumping off point from the last record like like for me this record is the last record on steroids it's uh, it's double it's it's more intricate it's better composed the playing is better the songs are but you know like everything is better and to, when you lose that in the moment you know it's like oh it's such a heartbreak so i'm so pumped about uh the fact that we got it done you guys got it down and people can still listen to it and listen to um uh, like I said, 2019's Graveyard Orbit and the new one I imagine is going to be available on your Bandcamp if people want to check that out. Um, prior to the release, uh, keep their eyes on that. And then kind of shifting gears to um, another release. Maybe you could, I don't know if this is somebody you're actively working with again in the future or whatever, but let's talk about two, 2022's Standing in the Room, the name of an album that you did with percussionist, I'm going to say Mike Nichols. Um, yeah, no, that's that's totally accurate. Um, and I'll take this moment to just plug a couple things. A, the record we were just talking about, again, band name Former Human. And then the record that we're going into is uh, more of a solo release under my own name. So Standing in the Room is the name of the record. It's uh, released under Sean Walsh, um, Sean Walsh and Mike Nichols. And I have a uh, a band camp for that, seanwalshguitar.bandcamp.com, an Instagram that I'm barely using at this point right now, seanwalshguitar. I'm just trying to keep all the handles together, you know. Um, but this was a record that uh, I'm stoked to talk about. A, first of all, Mike Nichols, true NYC fucking, like, you don't meet guys like like Mike in New York anymore. He's, old, he's a, a little bit of an older guy. He's older than me. Uh, I met him through Ryan Kunamura from from Skull Shitter, uh, and Ryan knows him through this whole disco dance scene that Ryan's into. And Mike is a percussionist for sure, but he is like a, just an absolute musical like genius. Dude knows so much more about music than I will ever know. But we featured Mike uh, on Skull Shitter. He was on our he was on Go Claw. He's on a song called Smoke Break, and he plays auxiliary percussion. And the way that Mike uh, got into like our orbit is like we were playing this uh, skull shooter was playing this barbecue at the Acheron. And one of these things that I just feel like is uh, a funny skull shooter story. Ryan rolls up late to the gig uh, and me and me and Rob have probably like at this point, we probably set up the stage and we're and it's like one of those things where we're about to we're supposed to go on in 10 minutes and Ryan isn't even there or some shit like that, you know, uh, and Ryan rolls in with Mike and he's just like, yo, it's my buddy, Mike, he's going to play. He's going to play drums with us today. <laughs> and we're like, oh, like, OK, sure. Um, so Mike gets up on stage and he just he sets up his congas. Um 
and has never like really listened to our music before, but literally just like plays along live and is listening to our like minute long grindcore sets and his, his songs. And he's just doing his like conga thing where he can. Uh, and that's just like how he entered our orbit. And um, uh, he's just kind of stayed in our orbit ever since. So we were really hyped to uh, to feature him on Goat Claw. And then um, this is a great segue into to just talking about what I want to do musically. And what I want to do musically is just produce music. So I, I kind of came to the realization that I'm in my late 30s and I live in New York City and I, I live in this really strong musical community and there's so much uh so many avenues to put out more music i know so many musicians who are actively looking to do stuff and i just wanted to sort of increase um what i was putting out and i didn't want to kind of overthink things so um i wrote like two and a half songs and i just hit mike up and i said hey man like would you be into doing a record i got a couple songs written and uh and he said yeah and so we started to just get together and piece the songs together uh and he was a real asset he was so great to work with i really actually hope we can do another record together the record has a a, kind of a middle eastern uh vibe about it like a kind of a droney noisy i i use the term jazzy very lightly uh vibe about it but it's an instrumental record it's guitar guitar and bass that i play uh and mics on congas and other auxiliary percussion it's just a pretty uh experimental record so let me stop talking for a second and see if you've got any sort of uh like reaction (laughs) to lead this kind of conversation forward um no i'm just gonna bounce it right back to you by asking is this the one that colin marston uh produced and you recorded at, at his studio yeah, I love love that question. Um, <laughs> so because I was just hyped to talk about Colin, I'm always yeah. hyped to talk about Colin. Yeah. So it was recorded uh, by Nolan Voss, who is um, just like just one of the fucking illest dudes ever. Uh, he it was in the Vampire Latris, who was actually Joe Marola uh, from Former Human was in that band as well. So he was in Pyrolatris. He was in a band uh, called Anacon with Lev from Kralis. Uh, really solid black metal band. Um, and um, yeah, he's recorded like m- the majority of the Skullshitter kind of catalog. So he recorded uh, in the Skullshitter practice room, me and Mike. And then I took those tracks that he engineered, took them to Colin and Colin mixed and mastered it. And um, boy, I, I got to make a note to myself real quick. I'm just going to write down Colin's name because I want to come back to him later. Um Great experience working with Colin. Love working with Colin. He's just the absolute best dude. And the magic that he that he pulled on this record. I mean, I, I really think that when you listen to this record, it's like you're standing in the room with us, no pun intended. Um, but it sounds so, so roomy and he nailed the vibe. And I recorded some some harsh noise on this record and it, he mixed it so artfully that like you might not even like you might not even catch it on the first listen. Like there are some droney tracks in there where I'm doing some like just harsh noise wall type of stuff in the background and it just floats so delicately in the mix. It's amazing. Yeah, he, um, he's he got a lot of tricks uh, there. Um, I know exactly what you mean, his, his way of mixing certain things. Um, uh, so 
That was, we were just talking about Standing in the Room, your release with percussionist Mike Nichols under your own name, Sean Walsh, obviously. Is yeah. that on seanwalshguitar.bandcamp.com? It's seanwalshguitar.bandcamp.com. I'm looking at it right now, so sorry to repeat it if you said it correctly. But yes, that's that's on my bandcamp. Um, the the new the next record that I'm doing with Nick will be on my Bandcamp. I think we're gonna sort of test their algorithms, and we're gonna try to dual release it on both of our Bandcamps. Um, and that'll be all all up on the the streaming and all that stuff as well. Um, but let let's talk about Nick for a second. I mean, I have not listened to the second episode yet. Uh, I know you did you did two movie episodes with him. I did listen to the first one. I haven't listened to the second one. But Nick is somebody that really needs to be highlighted uh, in the the New York City scene. He's, excuse me, a real inspiration for me, just in terms of like life. I mean, you meet this guy, and I mean, the listeners have heard his podcast. If you haven't listened to the podcast that is not the horror movie podcast, but just the podcast with Nick. It's so much, uh, a, it's a great conversation and so much an insight into to Nick's worldview and who he is as a person. It's a great episode. I would really recommend going back and, and getting into it. But Nick and I have known each other for a long time. Uh, we've got a, I've got a pretty uh, fun story about meeting him. So I'm just going to launch right into that if you're cool with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I Skullshitter uh, was playing a show. We were opening for Cattle Decapitation, and it was um, it was a great show. Grudges opened, uh, which was um, uh, a, a grindcore band from um, you know from New York. I, I, Lucas was in the band. Lucas from oh my god, I should have thought about this beforehand. Lucas from Funeral Leech. There we go. Well, uh, was the drummer of Grudges at that time. Um, and just a really fun kind of ignorant grindcore, uh, meets like dumb hardcore, uh, type of band. It was so good. Uh, then we went on, uh, Skullshitter played and then Trench Grinder played. So Rob did double duty on that Skullshitter and Trench Grinder. And then it was Cattle Decapitation. And I, there was this moment where we were playing and it's like a pack show at St. Vitus. So, you know, I don't know how many people are there, 300, something like that. But there's just like one of these weird moments where we finish the song and, you know, you know, crowd applauds or whatever. And maybe there's a lull or something, but I'm able to hear somebody in the audience and he's talking to somebody about what I'm doing on guitar. And it was like one of those things where I had to like totally stop what I was doing. It's like, A, nobody ever really fucking pays attention to what I'm doing on guitar. But like somebody did. And then someone was extremely accurately describing it to somebody else in real time. And I'm like looking in the audience like, what? Like, who the fuck is what's going on? And I look down and I catch Nick's eye and I can see him explaining it to, to this other guy who he's standing next to. And he's just like, I can't remember in, at the now, years and years later, exactly what he was saying. But I was just struck by this moment of like, that was ex that's exactly what I'm doing on guitar. And like, I can't believe you're picking this up and, and, and I'm catching it, you know, from the stage. Um, so I sought him out after the show and I was just like, yo, bro, like, well, you know, nice to meet you. I heard you. I heard you chatter. Like, what's up? And then lo and behold, he's talking to his son, Leo, uh, who he does the band Vomit Fist with. Yeah. Um, 
So like, it was just like one of those things where you meet, you meet people. And then this is the beauty of New York and the beauty of, of, of scenes everywhere. I'm sure is that you go to shows, you meet people, you talk to people, you find common interests and you build relationships. So I've known Nick for years and years and years. And we, and we've always talked about doing stuff together. Um, and then we finally, just for whatever reason, we, we finally got around to doing it and it was, it just turned out to be this, this thing where, uh, it was nothing like we, well, I don't know, maybe I'm speaking a little bit for Nick because Nick has told me this. It was nothing like what Nick thought it was going to be. It's turned out to be this, um, uh, this thing that's like completely clean guitars. Um, and it's very creepy and weird, but like, there's no like distortion. It's not aggressive. Um, uh, and it's one of these things where we, we didn't talk about like anything. And if you listen to Nick's episode of, of this, uh, of the heavy hole, um, Nick's really into, um, uh, spontane- spontaneity in music and not necessarily improvisation, uh, there's a little bit of improv in what we do, but like generally speaking, we are writing songs together, but we didn't talk about notes. We didn't talk about scales. We didn't talk about chords. Like Nick was just like, Hey, I got this thing. And I was like, cool. I got this other thing. And it, we just started playing at the same time. And it, it's this really weird music where a lot of times we're not playing in the same time signature. We're playing over each other. It's really like, um, uh, unsettling, I would say. And, uh, I, I'm so pumped about it. And we decided to put out some demos because we, even just as ourselves, we were like, what are we going to do with this? Where is this going? Do we need to involve other musicians in this? Does it need some percussion? Does it need some synth? Uh, and so I, I just pushed Nick to be like, hey, man, why don't we just track some stuff? Like the, the heart of what we do is definitely guitar duos. So we're going to keep that. But we thought we would just put some stuff out there and maybe just like kind of garner some reaction and see what people think about it. So that's what we're doing. Fair enough, man. And that's the one that's going to be out October the 6th? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think it is five tracks. Yeah, it's five tracks. Um, And it's it's really just kind of a sampling of what we've been doing. We, we intentionally are, are kind of putting it out as just like a demo. So this was recorded and engineered entirely by Nick. Uh, and then we actually sent it back to Joel from Radiation from Former Human. And, and he, he's got a little studio set up in his basement. And so he uh, he did some mastering on this for us. I I love that Joel's involved in this. Uh, <laughs> well, because I, I've, um, again, a big fan of Radiation Blackbody, but also um, just going back uh, when I was in Biolich to the early 2000s, he's a musician in the New York scene, uh, and his circle um, were people that I was kind of uh, made aware of and learned to look up to, I guess, in a way. When oh, uh, when, when Biolich was gigging around and things like that. that. That's all I wanted to say, really. So respect to him. Oh, yeah. Absolutely respect to Joel. Respect to the whole Defeatist crew. Uh, him, Josh, Aaron. Um, and obviously him and Josh, you know, continued on doing Radiation Blackbody. And Aaron um runs nerve alter uh records with who puts out uh, a million fucking i mean like probably one of the world premier grindcore labels on the planet um they just released the new radiation blackbody record they just released the new cognizant record uh just un- un- unmatched uh record label right there 
Yeah, I, I've been meaning to reach out to him in, in addition to so many other people. Now that the summer's over and I'm a little less, less busy with, with my, my own bands and that sort of thing, I'm trying to open up the booking again, man. But, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so people can check that out. And that's going to be released under your own name, Sean Walsh and Nick Didkowski. Is there an album title? or? Uh, I think we're calling it uh, Guitar Duets Demos. Fair enough, man. Um, and with that being said, as I said at the top, um, you, this is your second time on the show. We, we did a whole episode uh, with you and your bandmates from Skull Shitter. I encourage people to go back. and That was an epic one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not, not that I expected to have a bad interview with you guys. I was looking forward to talking to you, but when I came out of that interview, I was like, that was epic. That was crazy. We like, we went places because what I love about it, and I just want to hype this up a little bit more for people who haven't heard it. Basically, you guys all come from completely different backgrounds geographically, um, and converge in New York city in some way. If I, if I remember, if I'm remembering this correctly, you guys all had some completely different backstory. It was like the forming of a uh, like a super group, like a villainous uh, comic superhero group, or you know what I mean, man. Like everyone had their yeah. own crazy backstory and ended up clicking together. So I just wanted to, um, uh, and we and you guys also talked to Lucinogenics. Yeah, we went there, man. We we, we went there. So yeah, we, you should try being in the band, bro. It's <laughs> like all these stories are 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 extremely real. But yeah, I've had a lot of people um, talk to me about that record. So it definitely reached uh, a a wide uh, audience. I know that at the time we when we recorded it, um, it was one of those things where we we all got together at my place and Ryan and Rob both showed up. And, you know, it's like one of those things where like Ryan brought like a six pack of beer and and Rob uh, pretty much only consumes tequila um, as his only substance. So like he brought like a bottle of tequila and like a six pack of beer and we're like casually having a drink or whatever. And like by the end of that, that podcast, we're fucking drunk, man. Like I like it was like when we finished the podcast, we all looked at each other like, how did that happen? We're all hammered. Um, so I'm so glad that people were that it's that it remained coherent and that people uh, really reacted positively to it. There are some amazing stories to it, but there there are just amazing stories to to Rob and Ryan's lives in general. Um, and they're they're amazing guys that I feel so happy to be a part of. And I know that you wanted to maybe like segue into this. So this feels like a good point. There there are some things that we should talk about with Skull Shitter, uh, including some upcoming shows. We've got a, a number of shows upcoming, um, including uh, relatively uh, soon, actually. I think it is, let's see, if we are in this week, it's next weekend. Anyway, it's Saturday, October 14th is our next show. And that's it's a really stacked show. It's uh, we're play, we're we're sort of uh, uh, <laughs> we can get into this. We're we're uh, unbeknownst to us, we're headlining the show. Uh, we thought uh, we thought maybe Disassociate would be headlining it, but it looks like we are. We're playing with Disassociate with a couple of touring bands that sound really cool, Choke and Narc, um, and then a local New York band called Dying Breed. And some New York stalwarts, or excuse me, New Jersey stalwarts, uh, organ dealer. So it's like, it's a huge show. It's happening at the Meadows on October 14th. It's Saturday night. It's going to be a great time. That's our next show. And then after that, we've got, uh, we've got a little bit of a run 
where we go down to Baltimore. Uh, we're really honored. Our friends in Noisem reached out to us and asked us to do a, a show with them. They're they're celebrating ten years of um, of kind of like their 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 landmark record, not necessarily their first record, uh, um, but it's uh, it's called Agony. Oh, now I'm blanking on this. It's called Let's see here, Agony something or other. Agony defined. There we go. Uh, so it's 10 years of agony to find it's with uh, us, Coffin Dust, Ixius, and Universal Rim Monster. And that is going to be on October 26th, which is a Thursday. Then we're doing the next Friday with our friends in Coffin Dust. Everybody must know. If you don't know Matt Slime, you got to know him. Uh, he He's like the, the head man at Coffin Dust. He also plays in a great band called Contusion with Chris Moore. And he toured in, boy, I'm, I, I'm not sure if it is, I think it's Exhumed. It's either Exhumed or Ghoul. He was a touring member of for, for a hot minute as well. Uh, he's a great tattoo artist, and he's just the one of the best people you ever meet. So Matt Slime, uh, they invited us up the next night for Friday night to play with them in Philly. A, a stacked show with uh, with a band called Nakay. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. N-A-K-A-Y. Ourselves. Obviously, Coffin Dust is, uh, is playing the show as well. And then a local band called Serotonin Leakage, too, on that Philly show. Um, so that's going to be a really fun run. And then we just announced today uh, one show in November. It's actually going to be my 40th birthday. It's on November 26th uh, with Abysmal Lord from New Orleans and a local band uh, from New York called Heretic Body Hammer, which is like, I'm so impressed already. Hey, band name, Heretic Body Hammer. Fantastic. And then when you see the flyer, that one of the guys from this band did for the show. It's just, it's like people have been messaging me all day about this flyer. So like, it's, it's really great. So there, there are, there are some uh, Skull Shitter shows coming up, but to just sort of talk about Skull Shitter at large right now, uh, we're, we're totally in like sort of the third phase of Skull Shitter, which is uh, Ryan had a baby almost a year ago um and we're we're adapting to that so ryan uh ryan rob and i have been uh doing a lot of practice regular practice keeping our chops up keeping our set strong and looking at right or starting to write new material uh and ryan's been more of like a strategic hit point he comes in he preps for shows when we need to prep for shows uh and now he now that the baby's like a little bit more settled in he's looking to come back in and and join the writing process so it's been a really fun time for the band because we support Ryan and his family and, and everything that we that he's doing. Uh, and I sort of challenged myself to try to like write in Ryan's place. Ryan tends to be the guy that writes the Napalm Death, you know, the Terrorizer, the more punk influenced parts of Skull Shitter. And so with him kind of out of pocket for like a year, I sort of challenged myself to like, let me really study these riffs and try to write this stuff. That's not my usual sort of forte. Uh, and we've got a couple just burners uh, written, which I'm so hyped about. Um, so we're, we're still writing. Um, and I think we might record some smaller things. We might take a, we're unsure about what we're going to do in terms of like a new record or something like that. We might even do like some seven inches and some smaller releases, maybe three or four songs here, four or five songs there, yada, yada, yada. 
Uh, but we're just going to kind of see how it rolls. But we've got shows booked. Um, Rob, Rob, oh, shit. I should stop talking for a second, but I just got to keep going. Rob, uh, this is a, maybe a great transition point if you got any questions about this. But over the summer, Rob went to Europe. Rob was in Europe all summer uh, drumming for Negative Plane. Uh, so, like, huge, huge uh, opportunity and and like just absolute fucking crushing it as rob does uh uh their drummer wasn't able to travel internationally and do these gigs rob got recruited into that band uh and is just crushing it with them and i think he's going to continue i think i believe i don't think i'm speaking out of line here they're playing maybe in mexico in february or something like that and he's going to do that gig too so he's like he's been really active drumming and his drumming is is so strong right now. I, I, I'm sure we talked about this on the, the last uh, episode, but he he was in a really bad motorcycle accident in like 2018 or 2019. He almost lost an arm. Um, so like he he did a lot of work to rehab and get back to it. And he's just crushing it. OK, wow, man, um, a lot there. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I'm glad Noisem's bad. I can't believe it's been 10 years since that, man. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, all right. So I, I think you covered it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I might, I might have gone through it, uh, too quickly, but yeah, Noisem, I'm really excited to see them back at it. Obviously, Sebastian, uh, he joined Exhumed and it's just like, you know, he's a top tier guitar player at this point. I mean, yeah. he was always really talented, but it he's next level at this point. He's sitting up there with uh with Mr. Harvey just fucking shredding. So, um, with that being said, uh that's all yeah, that was all the shows that I had noted. Um and with, with all that being said, we encourage people to check out your album with Nick Didkovsky coming out uh, today, if people are listening to this when the episode drops. And then a week from today is going to be the release of Volume 2 by Former Human, um, uh, your band with members of Ramming Speed and Radiation Blackbody, we'll just say, because people have been listening thus far. They know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. With, yeah. with that being said, Sean, um, this is your second time, and I know you came back fully loaded for the music recommendation round. So I'm just going to hand it over to you because you're, you're in familiar territory. Yeah. So we're going to talk about old stuff. We're going to talk about new stuff. I think I'm going to start with the old stuff because I'm going to be more succinct here. So I got, I got two records that I, that I really wanted to highlight just because they've been on my radar uh, recently. So um, unearthly trance, their fifth record titled V or five. Um, that's one of my favorite records of all time. And, and, um, recently I was thinning out my record collection and, and just going through and listening to stuff I hadn't listened to in a minute. And that was a record I actually listened to uh, a ton of their records cause I haven't touched them in a minute, but they're one of my favorite bands. And one of the only bands that I got a little sort of record collector nerdy on. So I, I own most of their discography on vinyl, um, so like their, their seven inch split with Minsk is another, uh, favorite of mine. Uh, that record V is a real favorite of mine. There's their 12 inch split with the endless blockade is a real, uh, one of my all time favorite records, but that record V, uh, really struck me when it came out. Uh, it's a, an incredibly strong record. It really highlights everything, uh, that's so great about the band. 
Um, and, and it's just, if you're into fucking heavy metal, if you're into doom, I obviously, you know, Ryan, you know, you're mm-hmm. in a great band reeking aura with Ryan. Uh, so you're, you're totally aware of his musical prowess, but he's just such a monster guitar player. Um, and I really love that record. So shout out to that record. Um, you got anything you want to jump in with? Yeah, I um, I, I love bringing up Unearthly Trance. Uh, I feel like they're an underrated band. Maybe in this day and age, people don't bring them up as much. Um, but in the 90s, uh, first of all, I, I had Ryan. He did his whole own episode on the podcast many moons yeah. ago. And um, uh, as you said, thank you for the compliment. I'm in Reeking Aura with him. And at Reeking Aura, and especially that first album, uh, he wrote a lot of. I'll just leave it there. So I, I, I've had the experience to work with him and kind of see, see how the guy works. So Unearthly Trance in the 90s, when I was in high school and I didn't know any of those guys, uh, they were signed to Relapse yeah. kind of early on um, back in the day when, when Relapse was like this. Again, in the 90s, when you're a teenager, you don't know much. Relapse was crazy in the 90s. They were a Long Island band that was signed, but they weren't a death metal band. They weren't a grindcore band. They were really doing their own thing. Um, they, they just stood out in so many ways, man. They're a legendary Long Island band. Um, I love those guys, man. I, I was glad to have seen them a few times before they, um, I'm going to say are, went on hiatus. You never know. They might come back. Yeah, I hope they do. I think that that last record that they did was, uh, was like a real kind of pleasant surprise. It was, um, it's not my like all time fl- favorite record with them uh, from them, but it's like such. It was called "Stalking the Ghost." It was out in 2017, but it is like such a just solid heavy metal doom record. You know, like a little bit more in the doom spirit of like uh, this word jumps to mind of like rollicking music. You know, like it's not like doom. It's not like death doom. It's not like a funeral dirge. It's like the songs have like pep in their step, but it's still like doom. You know what I mean? Like there's a gallop to the songs. And uh, one of the things that I, that I love about that record V that I'm talking about is that like, I feel like it really encapsulates the whole band. Like Ryan, uh, uh, I was going to say the drummer, Darren, he does like a fair amount of vocals on that record. Uh, he's got a great voice. Um, and it, it, and Jay, the bass player, is like a pretty prolific noise artist. And it has this like really weird, ambient, noisy type of vibe about it. And actually, while we're talking about Darren, Darren's one of my other favorite records from them is a split with Wooden Wand. Uh, where they do, uh, where both bands do Charles Manson covers, and uh, Darren sings. Um, well, I think the song's called "People." People say I'm no good, something like that. People say I'm no good. Um, pardon my tone deaf voice there, but um, it's anyway. It's a great record, and and much respect to Ryan and and uh, and that whole crew. Uh, and then real distinctly, a, a record I wanted to touch base on was um, this, that I've just been spinning a lot lately. It's I'm sure people have talked to death about this, but uh, Incantations Onward to Golgaia um, has just been like, for whatever reason, has been on repeat for me. And I keep finding little fun things about this record. So like one of the things that I wanted to talk about, and I should have written down what song this happens in. But like, obviously, it's a legendary death metal record, um, kind of a death doom record, too. Um, but there's this like part in one of the songs where there's a bass drop. And in the course of the bass drop, a guitar solo starts. 
and then like the drums kind of subtly come in and then the band like builds up from it but like what a fucking cool idea like like normally like a bass drop happens for like dramatic effect like the dynamic goes way down and then it comes shooting back up but instead you've got this bass drop that just hangs the fuck out and then you've got this weird whammy bar dive kind of like noisy slayer guitar solo that just comes in on top of nothing but a bass drop you know and it's just like there are these really like just pristine moments that are like uh, i think even like whatever 30 years later are just so inspiring and invigorating so i uh, just wanted to touch on that one for for my last my la- my second old record recommendation yeah i gotta reach out to john mckenty man i know he's very busy um would love to speak to that guy yeah, that's a great album and it's it is it's one of those uh that was the late 90s wasn't it 97 98 that album I think so. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember getting that, or maybe it might have even been two thousand. I'm thinking it was, it was. It wasn't an early '90s album, but it's one of those like historic albums. I, I see you looking. I'm, at go- the- I'm googling it right now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's '92. '92. Yep. All right, so I'm completely wrong. I'm an asshole. You know what? I was actually thinking of Diabolical Conquest. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, sure. Which was yeah. a, which was a little bit later on. Um, but yeah, that. They're one of those bands where <clears throat> I feel like Incantation fans. There's no, there's no album you're not going to listen to. There's no, you know, it's like a flawless discography for a death metal band for what they do. Um, but that, yeah, the Onward to Golgotha really, um, like inspirational kind of first generation death metal album. And I'm, I'm laughing at myself for getting it confused for a second with Diabolical Conquest because that's also a great album. A consistent band, I think, is all I could really. Um, uh, say at that point, man. People should definitely check that out if they haven't. And you know, Incantation's still around. John McKenty's still out there, kind of as a. I remember in the '90s with like the Zine culture, John McKenty was was something of a. I don't know if you want to say infamous figure or just like we don't have celebrities in death metal, but the guy was always there. He was always around. You'd see his picture in zines. He was always getting interviewed um, by whatever platforms were around through the years. Now it's YouTube and all these sort of things. And hopefully our show one day. Um, but that guy has staying power in the scene. And when you say 92, yeah. I, I just thought for a second, that's right, man. Those guys go way the fuck back. And they have a lot of history with um, uh, Mortician and Will Raymer being in the band at one point, man. So that's, I, I just feel like there's, uh, like, respect, yeah, I, I just quickly, respectfully, I just, I think Incantation, I think Mortician, I'm going to throw Bolt Thrower in this conversation. I think there are some some bands that are so big and so good and so, that they become a meme in a way. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And it's like you see the inter- on the internet if you if you're on, you know, Facebook groups and if you're in, you know, whatever, if you're on Instagram a lot and you see then maybe it's just my me cuz I'm on the internet a lot like an asshole. But like yeah. you kind of um I don't know. I'm not going to say they lose effect or they lose value as because they stand apart as a piece of art and as a musical album, aside from what people are memeing. But I just hope the younger generation, to, to, to take my old man moment for a second, is really going back and doing the homework and not just uh, pretending <laughs> pretending to know what all this shit is because it's a hot meme. I don't know. But well, um, no, well, no, there's so much to dig in. I mean, A, I had no idea that Will Raymer was in the band f- 
for for a minute so that i'm learning something here too but you mentioned diabolical conquest and so it would i would feel uh i would feel i don't know like uh untoward if i didn't just mention that that's like that's a, a an incredible album if for no other reason than daniel uh from the chasm uh sings on that record i don't know off the top of my head if he plays guitar on it or not but he like the chasm is like one of my favorite death metal bands of all time and uh, I, I was able to catch them, I think, in 2019. It was kind of what was labeled as their last tour. It was a three-piece tour, and they were just on fire. I mean, I caught them at Union Pool in Brooklyn, and they were, like, incredible. But he did, he did the vocals on Diabolical Conquest. Um, and I know um, Aaron Nichols, who we mentioned before, runs Nerve Altar. He's got a great story about seeing them at this time in the late 90s when that record came out. They were opening for morbid angel and he said that daniel was like like they like incantation was getting booed you know <laughs> opening for morbid angel and that daniel was like was just so like abrasive to the crowd and it's like you know calling everybody posers and you don't know anything about death metal and yada 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 and it's like you know 20 years later or whatever it's like yeah i mean this this dude like daniel from the chasm and and briefly from incantation let like total legend man yeah, the incantation. I suggest people go to our our loyal uh, source, metalarchives.com. Um, the incantation and the uh, Will Raymer Metal Archives pages are amazing. I'm right now just to, I wanted to fact check myself. Will Raymer is credited as a member of Incantation on vocals in 1990. He's on their first demo oh. in 1990. Whoa. Um, their 1990 Entrapment of Evil EP. I don't. I didn't even realize this. 90, 1997, tribute to the Goat live album, um, and then there's two other listings that are like I think reissues of the demos. But that tribute to the Goat live album from '97, I want to check out. I knew this because in '96, '97, at some point, I knew Will Raymer was doing live vocals for Incantation from reading it in a zine and hearing it from people because I was like a teenager into death metal and that was like the the news at the time or something, you know. But um yeah. that, that was something that happened briefly back in the day so um uh, let's yeah. talk about new music right yeah let's go let's go i've got I, I gotta keep this maybe like short and sweet because like it's i've got so much stuff to talk about let, let him know uh, let him know all right so first of all let's just lead out with some things that we've kind of already covered nerve alter put out two incredible records recently uh radiation black bodies uh dead seed and dead earth which is a just an unbelievable uh record so you kind of touched on them earlier but i i want to give you my my point of view on this record on this band and this record uh they're an interesting band they're a two-piece kind of i would i guess you would call them kind of progressive grindcore it's just bass and drums there's no vocals but what strikes me about this record and about this band is that it's almost like josh playing bass is the rhythm section and the drums are the lead instrument and so like the drums are fucking off the wall and Joel's an incredible drummer, but he's sort of like where the where the 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 interesting phrasing is coming from and where you might expect a guitar solo to come in. You've got this really weird drum stuff coming on. And that's been like their history. They've been at this for a long time. But this record in particular, uh, there there seems to me it strikes me as like a, a little bit more uh, cohesive songwriting. Um, so there are like really good songs on this record. That, that are really impactful despite it just being bass and drums. 
Um, and so I think Joel actually pulls back a little bit, a, a, just ever so slightly and really effectively away from like his lead playing to really just accent what's best for the song. And there are these great moments that almost kind of sound like a rush song to me. Um, so, so that's, that's radiation black body and then cognizant just put out a new record. I don't even know what the, the title of the record is off the top of my head, but it's just like, it's a Brian Fajardo, you know, if listeners of this podcast will probably know it's a Brian Fajardo band. It's a, it's a, it's a Texas grindcore band and they're just off the wall. And the best description I've heard from this band actually came or from this record came from Joel. He was like, have you listened to the record yet? And I was like, no. And he's like, dude, when I put it on, he's like, I know he's like, I saw it said 45. So I put my record player to 45 and I put it on. He's like, but I still like when I put the record on, I thought to myself, oh, it's spinning too fast. It must be 33. And like, that's like the best way you could possibly describe this band. It's like you like it like you put this record on. It seems like there's no fucking way these guys are playing this. Right. I've got to be spinning the record too fast. It's unbelievable. Uh, and so, you know, obviously Brian's been in a million bands, PLF, Gridlink, uh, you know, you name it. Um, but but he, he this record's unbelievable. And I, I just want to highlight, I just saw one of his other bands with one of his bandmates from Cognizant called Trucido. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Just saw them at St. Vitus a couple of weeks ago and an unbelievable grindcore band, like kind of straight ahead grindcore, but like so tight like one of those things where like you know the 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 vocalist is doing a pickup on the on the on the uh and note you know what i'm saying like not on the one but on the one and you know and like it was it, they were so tight and everything was so good it was it was really amazing so that's my nerve alter spiel you have any thoughts on on fajardo or or radiation wow. or any of that stuff well, uh, Fajardo, I would just go back to my refrain of there are so many people I want to get on this show in so little time. <laughs> um, shout out to him uh, and, and respect. Uh, and, you know, Nerve Alter, again, man, that's just um, uh, to sum it up, people should just check out Nerve Alter Records. Check out the yeah. ca- check out the catalog as well as the new releases and go back and check out um, all that stuff and Defeatist and, and uh, you know... Um, all right, let me let me just jump in here and let me like move through a couple things that I want to touch on real quick. Uh, first of all, there's this band called Afterbirth. You ever heard of them? <laughs> Wait, the one from Pennsylvania or the one from Massachusetts? <laughs> apparently, in the '80s, there was an Afterbirth in every state. Man, I don't know, but I, I wasn't around back then. So, but oh, that's amazing. Well, I've listened to the, both the singles from the new record, uh, and I'm I'm really hyped on it. I'm really hyped on the new record. I loved the last record. I thought it was like a a, a real step, but not that the, there was anything wrong with the the time. I think it's called the Time Traveler's Dilemma, right? Is yeah. the first record you did yeah. with them. The next record was like huge step in my opinion, and I'm loving what I'm hearing from the new record. So I'm really looking forward to that. And, and props to you for that. Uh, thank you, man. I I I'll take the compliment on behalf of the band, man. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for bringing it up, and that's gonna be out. If I'm not mistaken, October the 23rd. But check Willow Tip Records, uh, okay. um, uh, for the for the whole spiel. Check out Willow Tip Records wherever you look at social media and all that sort of thing, man. Big shout out to Willow Tip Records for the push uh, okay. on this new Afterbirth album. A couple things to move through quickly. Uh, there's a, a local New York band called Woe, uh, who just put out a new record that I want to highlight. Um, I, I, black metal is not really my, my forte, but I just recently listened to this record and was really impressed with it. 
And uh, I wanted to bring it up actually because the the main guy from the band, Chris Grigg, or sorry, I should back up the band. The the record is called Legacies of Frailty. Uh, new band called a new record from the band Woe W O E. Um, but but uh, not only is it a really strong record, but I just wanted to bring up on the podcast. I just found out about this. Chris is uh, like a real. Um, incredibly intelligent guy and a uh, really savvy um, uh, professional. And he's putting together a new company called Ampwall that aims to, um, you know, compete against Bandcamp. And I'm like, I haven't talked to Chris about this at all, but I was so floored when I heard about this because I love Bandcamp, but I think that there are some inherent uh, limitations to the platform uh, and of course, when they got sold to Epic Games, there was a bit of concern. And then Epic Games just recently sold them to another company. Uh, and it, it seems like, you know, from my, in my opinion, Bandcamp is an incredibly important website that I love and an incredibly important tool for, for modern musicians. Um, but I think that just they, they were able to, to push the music industry in a new direction and props to them. Absolutely no hate whatsoever. But I think they just ran into logistical sort of, uh, you know, hurdles that they couldn't overcome. So Chris has started a new company called Ampwall. Uh, give that a Google if you're a uh, if you're a young musician, a fledgling band or whatever. They're they're just getting off the ground, but they're looking to to compete against Bandcamp and probably do. I don't know. Like I said, I haven't talked to Chris about this. Uh, so I don't know what their their plan is, but I imagine they're looking to do things more than what Bandcamp is really able to do at this point. So really exciting stuff there. Ampwall is what people should look out for. I'm very interested yeah. in this. I want to do some research. Yeah. I'll do some research on the side on this. And I just want to quickly, if any of the listeners happen to know of any other up-and-coming or existing uh, platforms that are competing with Bandcamp in a similar fashion. I'd be very interested. Heavyholepodcast at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Like you said, I love Bandcamp. I do agree with you on all those points about it being an important tool for bands and all that. That doesn't mean I wouldn't be interested to see um, competing platforms. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And, you know. and if there's anybody that could do it, Chris is the type of maniac that would be able to do it. So right. uh, really excited to see where that where that goes. And All then right. Right. this maybe leads me to my final thoughts, which are the two records I've been listening to the most lately, which is the new Tomb Mold record, uh, the Enduring Spirit, and the new Armand Hammer record, uh, We Buy Diabetic Test Strips. And I wanted <laughs> to just bring that up because I know you're a big hip-hop guy. Didn't know if you're up on Armand Hammer or either of the, oh, you're shaking your head. No, uh, the two, it's a, it's a group of two guys, Billy Woods and Elucid. Do either of those names ring a bell for you? Um, no. And, uh, I say that respectfully, but I'm also, I'm very kind of stuck in my own, um, bubble with hip hop, man. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not a hip hop head the way I'm a metal head. Uh, okay. as much as I do love hip hop. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to assume that that's uh, more of a newer group. They're, I don't know how new they are. They're new to me in the last maybe two or three years, but there's um, the, it's two guys, like I said, Billy Woods and Elucid, um, and they've been pretty prolific in the last five years or so. So the, the Billy Woods records in particular 
uh, he has a record called Atheops and a record called uh, Maps uh, that really just sort of kind of took over my listening. You know, like when you find a record and you just can't stop listening to it, you listen to it like a hundred times. Like th- that's what those records were were for me. Uh, so I'm constantly listening to those records and um, uh, he just put out a new record with his partner Lucid as their group, Armand Hammer. Uh, and and so far it's it's just it's really fantastic. There, I, I think you would dig it if you're if you're any type of hip hop guy. I mean, just like incredible lyricism, great production, just the the, the whole thing. Uh, but if you're if you're not super familiar, we don't need to spend a lot of time on it. Well, I, we, I see. I'm looking on Wikipedia. I see they've been around for ten years now. Which for, I mean, again, for me, I'm a little bit stuck in the past with hip hop. I'm an old school head. I know some random sprinklings of more modern artists here and there but that's definitely somebody to put on my list um you know i I, i've i've gotten into you know like a few years ago um rob warden from cognitive put me on to benny the butcher uh and some other rappers uh from from upstate and stuff like that man that's kind of you know i i love hip-hop but but it's one of those things where it's very nostalgic for me whereas with metal i'm kind of forced to keep up with the times for obvious reasons, so all right, that's that's good to hear, man. I'm I'm actually gonna do for the Patreon people a hip hop a hip hop episode. I've been writing soon. Oh, so, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, like the the Benny the Butcher, the West Side Gun, like that whole that whole crew. I mean, you gotta love that because it's it's got such a, a worship vibe on. Um, oh my God, the uh, the I can't believe I'm blanking on this. Um, 96 crew um oh my god anyway we'll we'll, we'll come back to this anyway the, the boom bap sort of like rap rap uh spiel of the of the mid 90s the 96 uh whole era of hip-hop like that stuff is so you know indebted to and so reflective of obviously that's a great scene to listen to now and think back on um uh, some of the glory days of of gangster rap, but we can talk a little bit maybe more about uh, the two mold record, uh, the enduring spirit. It's a I'm I, I'm curious if you've listened to it and if you have any thoughts about it. I haven't heard the latest two mold record. It is on my list of things to check out um, and reach out to those those guys again. We have I'm going back maybe two or three years, probably their last album, um, Der- Derek Vella. Uh, if I, if I yeah. said his name right, yep. was on our show. Yeah, man, I, I do want to reach out and um, get maybe him or one of the other guys on the program again to talk uh, what's been going on since then. Great band. Um, and, yeah, my they, their new album is on my list, man. Like I said, it's hard to keep up with everything. But um, what's your take on it? Oh, I love it. Um, I, I need to back up for a second. And Mob Deep was what I was trying to fucking think of earlier. Oh, uh, to, okay. Like yeah, what, yeah, of yeah, what that yeah. West Side Gun stuff kind of is referencing. Yeah. Um, but the, 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 you know, the real simple, like tough as, tough as nails, drums, simple bass or, or, or piano beat, and then like ill rapping, you know, it's great. Uh, which is like, you know, so much of what that West Side crew does. But to talk about Two Mold, uh, I love it. I um, It's a different record for them. It's more progressive. Um, Derek's a really good friend of mine, and we talk about music and we talk about guitar all the time. And so even when their, their last record, Planetary Clairvoyance, came out, he was talking to me about how they were really trying to go in more of like the vibe of Cynic, 
which you might not hear on that record initially, but if you go back and listen to it, I think it like the the foundation is there, and then this next record is really like the the full bloom uh, of that influence and and where they were going from that. So uh, moving away from sort of like the the downtune dirge, um, which I love. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm in I'm in drop down to B or drop down to A and in everything that I'm playing, but. They're uh, they're kind of coming out of that and uh, they're playing. They, I don't know what they're tuned up to, but you can noticeably hear that they're tuned up and they're playing much more progressive stuff. Um, and it, it was a record that took me a minute to get into. And I th- and I think that that's a, something that that people should be OK with um, this day and age. I feel like a lot of times people listen to a record once and they they write it one way or the other and they say I love it and then then they never listen to it again or they say I hate it and then they never listen to it again this record took me several listens Derek sent it to me a few months ago uh it took me a few lessons to wrap my head around it and um he, uh goddamn the world that we live in but he sent me like the files for the record and I couldn't get the files on my phone so it was difficult for me to like listen to the record I had to like attach my computer to my stereo to listen to the record so I only listened to it like a handful of times uh and it took me a, a minute to wrap my head around it and then I didn't touch it for a month or two uh and then when it was released they released it kind of abruptly and it was streaming immediately and I was able to download it on Spotify and 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 have like immediate access to it and when i came back to it like a month later or whatever i was like oh fuck i love this record um but uh but yeah it's 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 definitely they're pushing in a in a progressive direction and it's really fun i'm very interested to hear that um i've been saying for a while now and i wasn't necessarily saying this about tomb mold but um i've been saying that the younger crop of bands the last several years who have been playing the old school style, who haven't really been as concerned with clean tech death and triggered drums and all that sort of things, and who have been yeah. playing a, a, that something like like Tomb Mold, in my opinion, um, the older you go with them, they were referencing a lot of Finnish death metal, I believe. Yeah, yeah, um, mm-hmm. which is great. I I enjoy their 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 albums. Um, this new album, now that you say that, I really want to hear that because I've been saying for a while that a lot of these bands that are kind of um taking a, a nod from the past and and doing um bringing back that style eventually they're gonna get i'm not i'm not gonna say get tired of it because they're good albums they did great material like that but they're gonna want to do something different and i'm glad that 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 tomb old is uh exploring something a little bit more progressive and pushing it forward i really gotta check this out now that you um you said that because that's i you know there's also bands that like like dude look at like we were just talking a little while ago about incantation there's bands that can stay on the same vibe and on the same tip for several albums that's cool too but um i i do love it when people switch it up and make a comeback with something a little bit unexpected so that that's, yeah that's and, awesome. and there's something also about like uh you know i i think about the world that we live in where like you know in the 80s i mean i don't know how true this is and maybe it's just my own perception but like you know, the world was a different place and it was maybe easier for people to really be able to devote themselves to like learning and perfecting an instrument. And a lot of this music is, is really hard. And like to be to play music that even remotely sounds like cynic is extremely difficult. And I just like cannot applaud Tomb Mold enough. If you listen to their first record, exactly what you were saying finished death metal it's dirty it's brutal it's brooding 
Uh, but you wouldn't be like, oh, this is the most technically proficient thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, they're all they're great players. Don't get me wrong. I mean, especially Max, like Max, oh, the the drummer and mm-hmm. vocalist of that band is like fucking unreal, man. But but that's not uh, the, that's not the point, though. It's you know, it's the atmosphere they're creating, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. So like the fact that like there's not that many people playing this stuff, it's because it's hard. I was I was recently listening to this uh, interview with Keith Jarrett, who's a. Um, uh you know a really famous piano player and he was even talking about uh you know like piano music and he was like you know he was talking about music from the 60s and the 70s and he's like people don't play this music anymore because it's too hard and like we're talking about a guy talking about playing the piano by himself you know and like you know there's there's compositions out there that are just like so difficult and so arduous you've got to devote your life to it and it's such a difficult thing to do in this day and age so uh, props to fucking Tomb Mold, man. They're out there doing it. Yeah, you know, it's undeniable that we're living in an age of uh, information overload and attention spans are being constantly assailed. Um, it, it's, it, it, we, you know, people, I, I often say this because I'm 41 years old and I say people around my age, um, you said you're, you're about to turn 40 relatively soon, yeah. man. Like, we grew up... There's not many people in the entire history of, of humanity who can say that they grew up without the Internet, but they were able to adapt to and use the Internet while they were still relatively young. You know sure. what I mean? That's that's kind of out the window now. You, you know, little kids are growing up with the Internet, and my parents' generation kind of just begrudgingly learned how to use the Internet to pay bills and be on Facebook. You know what I mean? So it's like we're we're at a very interesting point in history and, you know, with our interest being this music, uh, you know, there's such reverence for the past, rightfully so. I collect a lot of 80s and 90s death and thrash metal and stuff like that. Um, the nostalgia is there because the, this really was such a... Clen- you, you, you can never... Um, you know, the, the cat's out of the bag. You know what I mean? The toothpaste's out of the, the toothpaste, toothpaste roll or whatever, man. You know what I mean? Now, there was a, a, a mystery and a kind of clandestine actually sending physical letters and shit in the mail scene back in the 80s and 90s that still might exist to some extent, but you're never going to get that whole world back. You know what I mean, man? It's just totally different now. And, you know, look, man, I I don't sit here every day and reminisce on on, uh, uh, tape trading and and writing letters, but the fact is a lot of this music that we revere now and that's all getting reissued by all these labels on cassette and on vinyl and... You know, I collected too, and the bands are coming back and playing Maryland Death Fest and doing that's that's great. I'm so glad, but I think people got to remember that this was all hatched and happened in a totally different world. You know what I mean? So it's it's yeah. There's there's a whole different dynamic to it, man. You know, talk to some of the listen to some of the interviews I've done with guys that are in their fifties. Um, yeah. You know, talking about how it was back then. It was just a different time well, there. You know. I, you know, I I would honestly say, like, I I would be interested to hear you do an interview with somebody in their twenties because, like, I'm sure that people are are continuing to have really meaningful interactions with media and with community uh, around music. But but like, I think it's also really important to pay attention and be aware of of how the young people are doing it because. You know, again, if you think back to Nick, like Nick Dukoski, uh, he's an older guy, man. He's he's probably I don't know how old he is, but he's got to be 15 or 20 years older than me. He's really noticeable when you see him at a show because he's the one guy with long gray hair amongst all these like young guys, you know. Um, But but, you know, he's somebody who 
he's so inspiring because he's so positive in in the in the the sort of New York jaded metal scene. He's this guy where everybody who meets him is like, oh my God, this guy is amazing. Uh, he's so positive and he, he's got such a great attitude. And he's out at these shows, you know, uh, just like, you know, doing his thing at midnight or whatever. Um, but like, how are 20, how are 20 year old people in, in, interacting with well, this I, stuff? They're I'm out f- there. So, and I'm sure they're having meaningful, ex- like, uh, interactions the same way you and I did, but in a different, but in a different context or a different way. I've I've interviewed a lot of uh, younger people, and they t- they all got into it through Guitar Hero and Slipknot. Man, there's not much to it, man. <laughs> Listen to the older guys. I'm just I'm joking, man. Um, uh, I, I've I've had a lot of younger bands and a lot of younger people on the show. I try to do a wide range of everything. Um, as I said, the booking kind of slowed down a little bit during the summer, and we got creative within the, the the crew, within the team here and the local community. And I'm reaching out to some more international people and some different wide ranges of people um, coming up for the fall and winter. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, just, just to sum it up, it, it is interesting because for, for me to see how people in their 20s get into this stuff, and because some of the people in their 20s now are the whole reason it's back. You know, yeah. take away all those kids that got into this stuff the last 10, 15 years, and none of this shit is back, and, and only half of these, maybe less than half of these tickets are selling to, to the shows. So you definitely need the younger crowd. That's why it's yeah. back, you know? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. That that being said, um, Sean, uh, one thing I did want to plug, because I think we've been going for a while here, and you have brought us tons of recommendations and new information uh, for the listeners, so we might not, we might, we may, we may not, we may frame this show, we may not, but one thing I want to shout out quickly is we just booked something, it's not announced, we don't have a flyer for it, but it is booked, it's going to happen, all the bands have uh, signed their souls away to me. November the 4th, Saturday at Amityville Music Hall, it's going to be Reeking Aura, Animals Killing People, by way of Brooklyn, um, Riparian from Pittsburgh, uh, Gore Noise Icon, Adam Rotella, Anal Birth, and um, Burrito Bowl. I, a band, their first show, Jordan from Immortal Sufferings in that band. They're playing their first show. I don't, I'm not really sure what they're all about. Let's find out together. So I just want yeah, to, I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, there's a, from that Burrito Bowl band, uh, Ollie, uh, Scumdog Ollie, uh, hails to that guy. He, he's been in a few bands and he always comes out and supports uh, Skull Shooter, so... Hell yeah for that. And uh let me let me just ask you this. Like when 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 is Skull I I know it's our own fault. When are when is Skull Shitter gonna get out there to Long Island and 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 link up with you guys and, and do a show? You know, we gotta make that happen. If we mm-hmm. didn't if we didn't have a ten o'clock curfew on that show, by the way, so get there early at six PM. I gotta throw that <laughs> all ages under sixteen with a guardian, twelve dollars at the door, ten PM curfew, so all the bands are playing early, get there early. If it wasn't for that curfew, I would say hop on. But, yeah. um, uh, dude, let's do it because we got we got other things going on on here, in Long Island. Now, Long Island scene is coming back the last several years again. All those pe- the younger people in their twenties are bringing it back. I'm looking at my friends in Blame God, um, yeah. and Stabbed, and and that whole crew, man. And and uh, Amityville Music Hall is a big part of it, man. Shout out to them. Also, Shakers Pub, 
um, a little bit further out east in the island, um, a little bit more of an authentic Long Island experience for you. Well, uh, we, we've got a pickup truck right now that we're touring out of, which is hilarious. Um, but Rob, Rob has always told us, he's like, you know, you got to respect Long Island. You got to go. He's like, you can't expect Long Island to come to you. You got to go to Long Island. And, and 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 we can't I can't believe that we've been in a band for forever, man. And I can't believe we haven't done it yet. So I would love uh you know we we can maybe wrap up with this and we can talk about it offline but i'd love to do a show with any of your bands with afterbirth with reading or whatever let's make it happen i i'm down man next time i hit up amityville music hall for the shakedown man we're gonna do that um like i said uh, uh november the fourth saturday it's gonna be burrito bell um not looking forward to seeing that band's first show finding out what they're all about gore noise legend anal birth in the building um, uh, Animals Killing People by way of Brooklyn. Shout out to Wilson. We had Wilson of Animals Killing People for his whole episode with, with this podcast. Um, Riparian from Pittsburgh, upcoming guests. Uh, and my own band, Reeking Ore, is going to be doing it, man. Uh, Amityville Musical 11-4. I just wanted to get that plug in there because, like I said, Sean Walsh, you've been uh, a great guest. You You might be the most prepared guest that yeah. I've had, at least in a long time. But I like that, man, because you got a lot of new music to talk about for the people. A couple of things I took notes on, Arm & Hammer, um, uh, the new Cognizant, man, Brian Fajardo, uh, the new Tomb Mold. These are all, I'm, I'm making a list. I really do want to, with that Tomb Mold, man, like I said, I don't want to open up the whole jar, uh, the whole can of worms again, but I love, I love that they're progressing and they're doing something different, especially a band like Tomb Mold. You always knew they had it in them. Um, yeah, fuck I'll yeah. Say. So with that being said, I want to remind people quickly, Skull Shitter um, not only did a whole episode you can go back and listen to, but is playing the 14th of October at the Meadows with Disassociate, Choke, Organ Dealer, Narc, and Dying Breed. The 26th of October in Baltimore with the boys in Noisem. Uh, the 27th of October at the Century Bar in Philly um, with uh, Nake, if I said it right, and Coffin Dust. Uh, another band I'm a big fan of. I like Coffin Dust. Uh, and the yeah. 23rd of November at the Meadows again with Abysmal Lord and what was it? What was it? Heretic Body Hammer? Did I get that right? Yeah, you did. Great name. All right. Yeah, I, I like that, man. I want to get them on a show with Buckshot Facelift if we ever uh, come, yeah. off, come off a vacation. I'll say that band is on. But, Sean, thank you so much. Uh, for all of this, shout out to the other guys in Skull Shitter and to uh, Mike Nichols and to Nick Didkovsky and everybody else you associate with and work with. Any parting words for listeners of your music and followers of our podcast? Uh, no, not really, man. I just I hope people listen to the music and get inspired because that's what you know. That's why I that's why I watch movies, read books, listen to music is to just try to catch the vibe and 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 catch that inspiration and maybe translate it for somebody else. So. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah, man. We, we appreciate it. We'll be on the lookout for all that stuff, brother. All right. Thanks, Will.
thank you very much to Sean Walsh of Skull Shitter, um, and obviously a former human and of his own merit uh, with these albums. He'll be released. He had the album he released with Mike Nichols, and the album he'll be releasing with Nick Didkowski. Hopefully, you caught all that. Go back and check it out if you missed the info. Speaking of info, I told you guys I was going to get into Spooky Fest, New Jersey. I'm very excited for this one. It is a uh, regional fest in honor of the Halloween season. I, I suppose I should say. Um, headlined by Nunslaughter, Devil Master, Outer Heaven, Final Gas, Spider, Nomas, Zorn, Ground, Sadist, um, uh, uh, Weeping. Uh, there's so many Final Dose Tombstoners on there. Sunrot's in there. Shout out to Lex. I want to get Lex on the podcast. Sunrot, um, uh, Organ Dealer, Unhinge, um, and, and a lot of, check this out, go to Spooky Fest, uh, NJ, Spooky Fest, New Jersey, check them out on social media, they've unla- unlocked all of the secrets, uh, all the bands are out there, um, you can check out everything, they're doing posts now where they're highlighting bands, if you're familiar with them or not, Reeking Aura will be performing on the 27th, I'll be there at the Meat Locker, I'm gonna try to catch everything, there's a lot going on this weekend, check it out for yourself, Spooky Fest, New Jersey. Um, on social media, Spooky Fest NJ, a lot of bands going on that weekend. It's going to be a fun time in the North Jersey and New York area. Ninth Realm's going to be on there. Uh, shout out to them. So, um, that being said, I also told you guys at the top about this Saturday, November 4th, get there early Halloween hangover, uh, Saturday, November 4th at Amityville Musical here in Suffolk County, New York. Um, Anelberth. Rare live appearance, making up for the canceled Long Island appearance uh, in August uh, on the little tour we did. Anelberth will be performing Burrito Bowels' first show. Local band with Jordan from Immortal Suffering. Animals killing people. I don't know if it's the first time they've been to Long Island. But we're bringing them. We're bringing them to Suffolk County. I, they haven't been here much if they were here at one point. And, I, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at all you guys to come out and show them a good time. Uh, Riparian. From Pittsburgh, flying them out in the jet. It runs on cooking oil. Don't bother me with the uh, with the environmental stuff. Okay, get on someone else. I had uh, um, uh, 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 I had Mary uh, uh, come through. I had Mary from Shredshed come through. She's a mechanic. She hooked up the the, the private heavy hold jet to to run on oil from my local Chinese restaurant. Shout out to them. Uh, shout out to King Chef Smithtown. I love you guys. That's all I got to say for now. Um, Reeking Ore will be at that show as well. Not many other shows going on this fall in December. We're laying low in writing. As you know, the Afterbirth album will be coming out October the 23rd, if I got that right. Check Willow Tip Records out. Go to Willow Tip Records on your local social media, wherever you follow music and look that up or on YouTube or whatever. Afterbirth, we got the two singles out. We got more music coming out. There's going to be merch and the whole nine. Uh, very proud and happy to be working with Willow Tip Records on that release. Um, beyond that, what do we got? Exsanguinated behind the scenes. Shout to those guys we got some videos some cool videos came back uh from the tour we did in june man that you could check out man there's one where we got the honor of performing in front of a screen that was presenting the movie demons aka demani uh you could look for that on youtube I, I i really appreciate that one so um but enough about me man i appreciate sean walsh being on the show today and i got some recommendations for you um, but it's really all about me because they came out it came from my personal record collection here my cd collection behind me that's getting knocked till they fall off the shelf by the guys working on the siding out the outside the house. I can't hate on them though. Um, Smith Manor needed a, a, a desperate, uh, um, remake. We, we remix. We had, a. I was taking the, um, the weed grinders from the, the reeking or the reeking or tobacco grinders, I should say, and just using them to catch puddles of water dripping from the ceiling the other day. Enough about that. Negativa is a band from Canada. 
Um, I want to. I've talked about this on the podcast before. I feel. I think other people have brought up Negativa. It is a Gorguts adjacent band. Uh, the CD I'm talking about came out in 2006. I don't know that there were other releases you could you could get into, um, but it is a band with Steve Hurdle, uh, Miguel Valade, if I said his name right, Luke Lemay, uh, Etienne Gallo on drums, if I said his name right. These are guys that are um, obviously Luke Lemay and Steve Hurdle. People know who they are. Uh, the other two guys, I, I would have to check my Loyal Source Metal archives at the moment, but I don't want to slow you guys down on your way to check it out and do the, do the uh, uh, check out check out the info for yourself. Shout out to Metal Archives. Negativa, let's get to the meat of this recommendation right here, though. This is three songs, but it, it's like um, it's a long-running EP or album, whatever you want to call it. They write the long songs, and it is... I wanted to bring this up in light of Gorguts being on tour right now. A lot of people checking out Gorguts live, perhaps for the first time. Perhaps checking out Gorguts for the first time. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, this is a really cool... I'm not going to say it's a side project. I don't know what they... Um, uh, you know, you know, envisioned it as, but this is a really cool release and CD that is uh, maybe a, a side quest on your um your your Gore Guts catalog. Uh, listening, like I said, it's from 2006, so it falls right in there where it kind of predates some of the newer releases that uh, um, Gore Guts have really kind of pioneered a different sound for themselves, and it's after the classic. Uh, um, Obscura release and the 90s death metal stuff, more traditional death metal stuff. Uh, so this is just something really cool I think that you guys should check out and that uh, listeners of this podcast would get a lot out of. Um, again, people I probably should reach out to and ha- I should have reached out to for an interview by now, but uh, Steve Hurdle and Luke LeMay on this release, really making it pop. Um, this is Negativa. I believe it's a self-titled release. I don't see a title for the actual release. Three songs on PRC Music, and I, I think it was 2006. So, Tom, I don't know if Tom, you, you'd probably be familiar with this, but if you're not, uh, Tom, drop him a little bit of the Negativa CD from 2006 with members of Gorguts. just something cool and now i got something hopefully this is a little bit more obscure and if i ever have brought this in i feel like at some point somebody else might have might have brought this up uh uh, maybe a a voicemail or something but we've done so many shows man i can only you know i can go back in the notes so much but this is something i wanted to bring up uh, at least for uh, again or for the first time in a long time fuck dot 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 i'm dead um an australian band and I'm holding their uh, first album from 2001 on Razorback Records, uh, which uh, at at the time was a local label from Farmingville, New York, based out of Farmingville, New York. I knew the people who ran it. Um, good Pichetta, uh, uh Billy and um, Jill, respectively, uh, the two people who worked for Razorback Records many years ago, over 20 years ago. Hard to imagine. I do have... A lot of the original run, I, I guess I would say, of uh, Razorback Records releases, the first Ghoul album, Gruesome Stuff Relish. Um, and I've talked about Razorback Records nostalgically on this podcast a few times. I have reached out to Billy for an interview and haven't heard back. I'll try to do that again one day. Uh, but 
Long story short, this is one of my favorite old-school Razorback Records releases that maybe doesn't get as much attention as other bands, um, like you know, like Ghoul, uh, you know, you know, rightfully so, they, they work hard. But it is 21 tracks, I think two of which are live tracks, so probably a 21-song album. Um, there's, there's a song called Shotgun Facelift. <laughs> I ain't mad at you. It's all good. There's some really, uh, fucked up song titles, really explicit. There, um, the artwork is very, um, well, the, the front cover and the, the book artwork and the actual CD and, and back page, it's all kind of different stuff. There's this thing of like, like birds attacking a woman, like, like Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. And then there's this kind of, uh closed up bloody cell uh you know of some sort i, I don't there, there's a lot going on there, there's zombies on the inside it's a little disjointed um but the band itself is a little disjointed i'm gonna try to state it as simply as i can one of the reasons i enjoy this album so much and did enjoy it so much when it came out and still uh think it merits a re-listening every once in a while is they do grindcore but they do it in a way um that has some kind of distinct metal elements to it i would say um they they the the, in the guitar work and in the songwriting and and so every once in a while there's some kind of more death metal or more i don't know if you would say traditional metal or 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 whatever but there's metal inside of the grindcore i'm not to say they're a death grind band like a death metal band that just blasts constantly this is like a grindcore release but with some really cool death metal qualities to it um uh so i'm looking in the booklet now and some of these uh some of this was taken from a split seven inch with Sanity's Dawn. Some was recorded in 2000. Some was recorded in 2001 at different periods. Uh, really cool stuff for sure, though, man. And I do. Yeah, they used a drum machine, uh, which uh, kind of set them apart a little bit. And this was the era where um, or agoraphobic nosebleed was big and mortician was uh, well established. So drum machine bands were not a new concept. But the way these guys did it again, I I just really there's something original about this, and it's almost like the more I try to talk about it and nail it down, if it's metal, if it's grind, wah wah wah, just give it a shot, man. It's something a little bit different, and if you like me, have a have a penchant for the old school of drum programmed death metal and grindcore, um, you know, superior. If you use superior drummer, more power to you. I'm not knocking that, but I do nostalgically enjoy the sound of like a blatant drum machine you know like a like an old school uh drum pad dr uh 202 or whatever it was you know like like something where you just program the beats and it's very syncopated and the cymbals and the drums uh they have a slight artificial synthesizer slight casio ring to them um bands like slow and uh i'm trying to think now maybe dysmenorrheic hemorrhage uh bands uh lymphatic phlegm is a great example just bands where the where they lean into the drum machine nowadays you can program drums um on computer programs to have it sound almost identical to a real drummer and that's cool that's one way of going about it i'm not trying to i i own a few albums and and i'm in contact with a few people and network with people that do that i'm not knocking that but i also really appreciate uh the, the kind of classic 90s um uh, owning that it's a drum machine and owning the level of technology from back then too, man. So that's all I want to say about this. Fuck, I'm dead with Bring On The Dead uh, from 2001. That's the album. Thanks, Tom.
right, man. Thanks a lot for hanging with me uh, this week, guys. And thanks to Sean Walsh uh, doing his homework, coming with the notes, coming with the recommendos, coming with the updates on the band. I like it, man. We were into that. Uh, and so check out his um, Former Human Volume 2 album that will be coming out. Very excited for that. We talked about that a lot. Check out his uh, other, maybe not as, not necessarily as metal, but interesting musical releases. One with Mike Nichols and one with Nick Ditkovsky, which should be out today. You're listening to this podcast if you got it Friday morning. Shout out to my Friday morning listeners, man. I, I do, you know, again, I got to apologize to my Friday morning listeners uh, you guys stick with me, man, and you're always waiting for the new episode. I appreciate you. And um, you know, two weeks ago, man, just I, like I said, I got there, we're doing all this work. I'm I'm bringing barrels and wheelbarrows of rotted wood and shit from the basement and the garage and filling up a dumpster and we're getting shit ready to get painted and tarping furniture. So I, I don't get me wrong, man. I allegedly might be um, hitting up the, the 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 Long Island's new legal. Um, uh, weed weed store um, and, and hanging back a little bit, but I am working hard behind the scenes. That's why you didn't see an episode a few weeks ago. And uh, I'm opening up the booking a lot. I got a few people booked behind the scenes and a few um, lines shot out already, man. So I'm trying to get to some of your favorite artists and my local friends like I always do. Heavy whole podcast. Shout out to everybody behind the scenes. And um, I also have uh, shout out to Ian and Dave. I got you guys booked for um, co-hosting episodes next week, man. So until then, I remain an army of...